On this week's episode of Juke Sports, a lot to get into. Action-packed episode. Dive into all this week's headlines and, of course, the biggest one, the breaking news that we find about live while we're recording. Yes, Cam Newton is a patriot. And here I am, yet again, forced to talk about New England. Jake thinks I owe him an apology. That will never happen. Good segments this week all around. Get into the all-air segment with the questions from you guys, listeners. Good questions this week. I like what I heard out there. Get into that. A new list this week where we touch on the best fictional athletes of all time. Closing statements and a lot more. All right. Giddy up. Welcome to another episode of Juke Sports, June 29th, our last episode of June as we head into July. July's my favorite month. Do you know why, Jake? Why? Wow. You don't, oh, wow. well, I mean, your birthday's coming up. Okay, good. You saved it there. You saved it. I was about to... <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Let's... come on. How, how could I forget? No, I'm not, I'm not going to like make this all about me, but I will, I will say I'm not 30 yet. Honestly, I don't know what age I am turning. I struggled the past couple weeks. I thought I was turning 26 for a little bit, then 27. Who knows what age I really am? I guess I, I don't know. I think I'm 27. How old are you? I'm, I, I'm 28. You're about to be 28. I'm turning 27, though. I'm younger. No, you're not. You're 28 years old. We had this argument again, and you're wrong. I'm so you, I, you're wrong. I was advanced. Like that's why we were in the same grade growing. Uh, what, well, we're not going to debate all this. I, I come on. We got to talk about sports. We're not going to talk about how old I am. But anyway, so a lot to get into today. But first, uh, travelers just wrapped up, and before we dive into some actual golf, I got I got to put you on blast a little bit here, Jake. Um, I think it was on Snapchat. You put a picture of you watching golf saying, ah, nothing more therapeutic than Sunday golf or something along those lines. Oh, no, I put there's nothing like laying down, watching, watching golf. It's therapeutic. You put you put therapeutic in there. Yeah, it is. You know? it's therapeutic. I mean, that was I mean. I agree for for the most part. That was a little. You know what that sounded like? What? It sounded like a backdoor thirst trap. Like you wanted people to comment and be like, "Yeah, you know what? It is therapeutic. I well, do love it." I I always said golf is therapeutic. I've said it in previous episodes. When you're you know sitting on the couch, laying on the couch, or in your recliner. And golf's on the soft voices that they use, and the how they explain uh, the 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 texture of grass and and the weather and the stroke of the game and the it's just, that is one sport I can never be an announcer in. <laughs> oh no, no, you're way too aggressive. But but it is. It's it's like it's like you're taking. A, a yoga class and 
Um, they play that that soothing music, or the soothing sounds in the background. That's how golf is to me, man. It's like it really is. Um, if you watch it at like three o'clock when it starts the final round, and most most times you fall asleep for like a good little quick forty five minute nap, and then you wake up and then yep. on like seventeen or eighteen. Oh yeah, without yeah, it's a and yeah. But no, I agree. I I would never be able to be like. Oh, he was in a nice cut of Bermuda grass. But he's about <laughs> one forty-five out. I'd be fired up. I mean, yeah. like the uh, the last drive on eighteen. I don't know if you saw it, but when DJ ripped it down the middle mm-hmm. and literally outdrove everyone by like eighty yards. Yeah, yeah I, I'd be going nuts. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's not like when you see um, a dunk or a big. Um, make a big play in football and the announcers go wild or hell even soccer for that matter but golf is it's just oh look at wonderful shot by DJ you know it's it's mm-hmm. they don't get into it I but can't yeah good. I, it's, it's I don't nice. know how they I don't know how they contain themselves they yeah. just must I guess they're professionals and I'm not but whatever yeah. Um, but no good round I lost more money on it I have not recovered since the Colin Morikaya uh, lip out a few weeks ago. I've been losing money left and right on golf, and I can't overcome it. I don't know. <laughs> it's it, it's frustrating because I'm winning money on NASCAR, and I'm not like a I'm not a NASCAR fan. Like I know nothing about NASCAR, but I, and I know more about golf than I do. But I keep losing money on golf so, and winning money on NASCAR. So this is my advice for you in NASCAR. I would just go and see. I mean, I feel like this is logical, but you got to see what drivers do well at certain courses. Like I'll give you a prime example. Um, this is a, this is going deep into NASCAR archives, but in the nineties, there's a guy, Jeff Burton. Okay. Yeah. We all know who Jeff Burton. Burton is. Yep. No, no, Jeff Burton. That's what I said. We all okay. know who Jeff Burton is. Okay. Jeff Burton. Jeff Burton was really great at Las Vegas motor speedway. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I remember, uh, like my dad was in pools and stuff at work, um, and they would ha- they would basically pick guys. They would pick numbers, and each driver was like a different number. And he had Jeff Burton for Las Vegas, and I'm like, well, didn't he win like last year? And he said, yeah. So it's just some drivers do well there. Dale Earnhardt Sr. was really good at Bristol and Talladega. Um, uh, Junior was always good at Daytona. Um, like I said, Burton, Las Vegas. Bill Elliott was really good at Homestead, Miami, and Indianapolis. Tony Stewart, great at Indianapolis. So some drivers are just good at certain at certain tracks, and I think those are the guys you got to put your money. On. Well, yeah, well, I agree, and I, and that's why I'm doing well on NASCAR. I don't need advice on NASCAR, man. I cannot, for the life of me, get golf, and I'm doing golf where I'm betting on the winner for the tournament, I'm doing head-to-heads, and I'm still losing left and right. I put all my money in for the winner of the tournament for this week was Bubba. He's a three-time champion at this course. I thought in my mind, at least he's going to make the cut, and on Saturday and Sunday I'm going to be having something to cheer for with this. No, doesn't make the cut, so I'm screwed <laughs> there. I'm doing the – the uh, the matchups. I'm I'm going like evenish. I'm winning some, losing some. I'm not really uh, netting out with any money, but I, I can't figure out NASCAR. The the 
the last race that was postponed till Monday, I did a DraftKings thing. I won $250 on it. <laughs> and I knew, I, I don't know anything. I'm just like picking, I'm looking like who does well, like you said, who does well at these tracks. And that's all I'm going on. Mm. And, and I just watch it. I literally know nothing that's going on. Like, I don't understand. Let me ask you this question. Okay. Why is there, why was there, why was there two races for Pocono this week? There was a Saturday and a Sunday. I, well, I know aren't they I know doing? Aren't they, don't are they doing the Xfinity and then the? Uh, it used to be called, and they went to Nextel Cup. But isn't it there? Like, but wasn't there always like two races at Pocono, and now it's in the same weekend? Yeah, it used to be two different ones, but now I think they're doing it the same weekend. Yeah. But was that is that like a new thing, or is that because I mean you might not know, and I don't even know. So I'm I just think it's re- I think it's relatively new, but I didn't know if it was. I don't like, think they did the. I, I don't know if it was something for no, this year because of COVID. No, and they didn't no, want to come I think back. They did. I think they used. To, I think they would do. It would go uh, Saturdays the Bush Series, and then uh, Sunday is the or what whatever the Bush Series is called now. I forget, and then the uh, next or the. Xfinity Cup. Xfinity. Is, Xfinity Cup is Sunday. Yeah, I don't know. We might need to get someone who's really smart. We, NASCAR need, we, on need, a, we need a we need a we need a NASCAR correspondent because it really is so different. And son of a NASCAR is on right now. We're recording this as we speak. And after the way, Jake, who did who who did I tell you that I bet on? Did you you bubble, right? No, that's for golf, dude. Who did I tell oh, you I bet sorry. on for NASCAR? Did you read my text? Oh, come on, Jay. Come on, we're live, man. Oh, no, we're Kyle. Live. Oh, no, you took Kyle Bush. Yeah, and he just wrecked. Son Did of a really? bitch. Yeah. Um, oh, I would have taken – I would have taken Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson, just because it's his last race there. He does well there. He's in 10th the right now. best drivers of all time, so. I was between Bush and Hamlin, and yeah, Hamlin's winning now. Hamlin's been good for me in a lot of the thing in a lot of the uh, – the DraftKings. Have you ever been doing. have you ever been to Pocono? Yeah, when I was younger, I went a few mm-hmm. times. I think I've been there two yeah. or three times. Yep. I haven't been there as of late, but I, it's a fun time. It's a yeah. cool. For course. The, I wish for, there was fans. Yeah, for the listeners out there, um, Cox and I live what about an hour from Pocono? Yeah, I'd say no more, no more than an hour. No more than an hour, an hour from Pocono Raceway, the Tricky Triangle. Um, I've been there. Uh, I went there in two thousand and five. Um, I saw Carl Edwards win, but fun story. Um, I was a after Billy retired. I was a Casey Kane guy because that's who that took, was over. took over. Yep, same. Um, so <laughs> there was they have this thing in um, Pocono. It's called the Chalet Village, and they have all these meet and greets with the dri- with these drivers. And my dad somehow got a, a pass to this place. So. And we've been to NASCAR places before. We've been to Dover a few times, which is a, a great time. If any NASCAR fan uh, in the Northeast, you got to go to Dover, the Monster Mile. It's great. You can see the whole track. It's a great experience. But we went to Pocono, and um, they had the number nine, Casey Kane, and then they had a 24 Pepsi, which was Jeff Gordon. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, cool. Like, they have all these mean greets. Maybe I'll meet Casey Kane. Um, and I actually – I got to meet Jeff Gordon, which was awesome. And, again – you know, he's a little guy, school. isn't he? Isn't what? he like he's a little guy, isn't he? He's, oh, he's, he's so like short. five five. <laughs> he was short, yeah. Um, <laughs> my dad made a comment to the lady next to us who was all decked out in Gordon stuff about 
Um, he gets out and he's, he has, has a security guard next to him. He said, what are you buckling from his car seat? And the, the Gordon people around us did not like that because I had the Casey Kane stuff on. But he was really nice. He talked to me for a little bit. Saw I had a Casey Kane shirt on and even like said, oh, I bet I bet you were hoping Casey was here. And I, I said, well, yeah, I said, but you're 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 just as good, uh, Mr. Gordon. And um, he said, thanks. He signed. I still have it. I have a signed cardboard cut of Jeff Gordon. Um, but yeah, cool. he's a really nice guy. That's kind of cool. Um, OK, so. Golf this week was good. Nothing major. I mean, there's some good guys at the top. I thought Phil was going to pull through for a little bit. I was kind of upset that he didn't. DJ, I mean, he's the most unenthusiastic guy there is, but I love him, so good for him for winning. Um, what else happened? Uh, we, have, we have NASCAR going on right now. Also, what, hey, here's something big. And I don't know if, you've, if you're into this. I know you you were into soccer during quarantine, men's soccer. Yeah, I got a little. I got into the Bundesliga a little bit. Bayern Munich uh, wins another title. Shocker. For those of you who don't know me as well yet, we will. You'll know now that Kotz does not watch men's soccer, and I only watch women's soccer. And the National Women's Soccer League came back this week. The first. Team sport to because come back. <laughs> Touch on swing oil and get into that and the results. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm done with this part of the show. So go ahead. All right. So let's give a swing oil update here. Uh, first, out of the one side of our bracket, um, Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan, I mean, they win by 77% against – uh, Dustin Johnson and Wayne Gretzky, they are completely running away with this. Um, well, they won the tournament. It's over. We don't even have to do a finals because, I mean, there's there's going to be a full-on investigation after this because I'm 98% sure you cheated. No, I'm or, telling uh, you, I you, swear. You to told God, people, so... you told some people the way to vote, man. No, no I didn't. I did I not. I just told people to vote. I didn't tell them who to vote for, but. Rory McIlroy and Tony Romo were upset by Phil Mickelson and Charles Barkley. And this is why. This is why the upset happened because of the polling. Because what what matchup, it's not about who, it's not about who, or it's not about who's better. It's about the matchup. And what do you mean it's not about who's better? It's, we let it up to the people, and the people want to see Tiger and Michael versus Phil and Charles. Well, I hate Literally, to tell the, the people of the game and the two guys who were taking a back seat to the goats for so long, and that's why. Yeah, Tony Romo is very good and could probably be a professional golfer. But guess what? People want to see the matchup. They want to see the number ones. Against- but they want to see Barkley lose again to Jordan. And Phil lose again. It's a good story. It's a good but story. But they That's they're going to get smoked. People in sports want to see good stories. They want to see a good story, and that's Boy, why they. Phil and Barkley won with fifty-eight percent of the vote. Do we have anything else on this topic? Do you, um, you want to say anything else? Oh no. Um, tomorrow or no, it would be. It'd be Wednesday. Wednesday at noon, we'll have our final 
uh, poll. So make sure you guys find the tweet um, and vote. It's going to be the number two seed, Phil Mickelson and Charles Barkley against the one seed, Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan. Can I make a – can I – I'm going to use this platform to try to get some advice from people. So I golfed this morning, Jake. Yeah. And I shot a 103. Yeah, it could be worse. It could be worse. But I'm pretty positive that if I could figure out my game from like 150 in, I'm going to be in the 90s every time, wow. which, is, which is big for me. I lost so many strokes today. Because I just can't chip or I can't hit my wedges. And I was so mad. And I broke one of my wedges. You broke it? Yeah. Well, that's not good. <laughs> nope, it's not good. So, PSA, if anyone's out there that has any tips for 150 in with like a nine iron on your wedges, please, my DMs are always open. Help your boy out. But, I don't know. Maybe I'll hit up Tony Romo because obviously he got screwed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, only other thing we, we have to talk about, um, NBA put out a potential schedule. Yeah. And I'm just curious. The only thing I'm really curious about is who's going to like, like how many people are like, how many stars are going to play in those eight games leading up to the playoffs? Right. You know, there's a lot of, there's those games up there, but there's some back to backs I can't imagine LeBron's playing back-to-backs or playing – I mean, they're in. So, like, what, what's the point for them to what, – what's going to – Continue, right. Yeah, to even play in it's, it's for those other teams. So, it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. That's the only thing to me. It's going to be interesting to see how all of that plays well, out. Yeah, that and the teams that are 100% eliminated are talking about potentially finishing their season two somewhere and just playing each other. I did see that, but but do you think that even like what would be the point of that? There would be no there's point. No, there's no ROI. There's no there's no return on your investment there. There's no, no. Uh, reward. I, for I don't that. think I don't think those play. I don't I don't think you you make those players do that because there's nothing for there's no ticket sales. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't think yeah, there would be interest in it. There shouldn't. I mean, there there really shouldn't be. No. Just go play a pickup game then. Do what like Brady and get what Brady's doing in the NFL to kind of pivot really quickly and getting his team members together in mm-hmm. in not the true fashion of social distancing with like fifteen to twenty players. Um, he got called out by the the players association this weekend. I don't know if you saw that. But Wait, who did? Brady and a lot of the uh, quarterbacks who are holding these workouts with a group of receivers, running backs, and tight ends. Oh. Uh, yeah. They got called. Well, the big thing is it, it's more of a business thing and not so much. Well, it's, I mean, it's too. It's, you shouldn't really be getting – you can be doing it, and I know probably every team is kind of doing it to a sense, trying to get their workouts in small groups mm-hmm. outside of these teams. But you shouldn't be like not, – not everything has to be videotaped and filmed and put on Instagram. Right. So, like, the Bradys of the world, and I think it was Russell Wilson and someone else posted some stuff. But the Players Association is worried because when they go and try to negotiate this year and this season for the players saying, hey, these guys are putting their lives on the line because no one knows what's going on with coronavirus, the owners are going to be like, well, they don't care. They've, mm-hmm. They were out with 
15 and 20 of them right. not social distancing. So it's more of a business thing that I think people in the union are mad about. But it was mostly a shot at Brady, which I'm all about shots mm. at Brady. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm over my hatred for Tom Brady. Like fully over it? So if the Bucks win the Super Bowl this year, you're just over it? You, know, you just accept it? Yeah. <laughs> that sounded so defeated. I don't oh, care man. anymore. I mean, uh, you know who the real winner of all this is? Uh, and I know it's terrible for me to say there's a winner of all this after COVID, but you see how many games are televised for the Pelicans during this? I didn't see all of them. Are they all? It's well, the somewhere. Zion effect, man. TNT, ESPN, ESPN. Um, oh, that's NBA TV. Uh, yeah, they don't have a lot of ABC, NBA TV. TNT. I mean, the only thing Zion, I care. it's the Zion effect, man. And I, honestly, I don't blame them. I don't well, blame them. Zion is, a, is entertaining, and I love him. I, I really do love Zion. And But I'll tell you what, like, like the Grizzlies, I think the Grizzlies, the only – they have one televised game, and it's against the Pelicans. When, when's the first game? Do you have the schedule in front of you? Um, I believe the first game is the 30th. And read it through. There's not, there's no breaks in between, correct? Up until the last game, like there's no days like where there's not a game at all, correct? Um, yeah, I, I believe. I think the teams are trying to go um, every other day mm-hmm. for the most part. But yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty much so here. It's so July thirtieth, thirty first. Yeah, there's going to be games on every day. Is there a game on the oh, July thirtieth? Okay, yeah. So straight through. So that's what gets me excited. And I noted, I saw some some times, and what I'm really excited about is the weekend games that are on at one o'clock, noon, three o'clock. Those early afternoon games is just going to make us get back to a little a little normalcy, which is which is going to be good for everyone. Yeah, man. So that's cool. All right, let's. Uh, jump into this week's uh, all ears segment. All right, we have we have a bunch this week. Okay, uh, and some of them are going to take some more explanation. Others aren't, but we're going to start this off with Brother Luke uh, tweeted in at us, and he gave. The most asked question over the past four or five years, or four years. Who wins the 95-96 Bulls or the 15-16 Warriors? So, Jake, I, I, I got to first talk to you and ask you about, like, you as a brother. <laughs> why, why, why is Luke asking this question right now? I just think it's it's a question. Where did you go wrong? Do I, I do I need to come to town and have a talk with him? I know we see I know we see the middle child out sometimes when we're back for the holidays, and I give him a good talking to. Do I need to come back and talk to the youngest? I think it's one of those things where he has seen takes of this all over the place, but he wants to know what we feel about it. Luke, I love you. I love your family. This isn't Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith from two years ago. Like why? I mean, so to start off, Jake. Let me just ask you this: Did the fifteen sixteen Warriors win the championship? I think they beat the ninety five ninety six Bulls. Yes. 
You think they will? You think they will beat the ninety-five, ninety-six Bulls? You just ignored my question there, but wait, no, wait. What are you saying? Did did that team win the championship? Oh, um, no, they did not. They lost. They did to the they Cavs. Lost. They did to the Goat. They did. So that, that this is my whole argument. Yeah, maybe maybe times are different. Yada yada yada. We always say we it's hard to tell with the time. But here's the thing: you didn't even win, they didn't even win the championship. So I don't want to have this argument anymore. I don't want to talk about it. Uh-huh. Maybe those players are more athletic than they were than in the '90s. Uh-huh. But if you're not even the champion and you're talking about comparing to one of the greatest teams, if not the greatest team, which in my opinion is the greatest team, uh-huh. then then what's what's the argument for this team? So okay, and this is all I'm going to say before we move on. As far as legacy goes, the 95-96 Bulls are the the cream of the crop to most people because the 15-16 Warriors lost, okay? Which it should be. Right. But I firmly believe that I really believe that the 15-16 Warriors would beat them because of this. Because the fast-paced nature of this game or of basketball, I don't think Pippen and Jordan would be able to keep up. But then Pippen and Jordan would control the game. They would control the pace. They'd run an offense. I know. I know. I, I just feel like with the amount of shooting, I, I think the Warriors are better shooters. I think they're better offensively. And I I feel that them running and gunning is going to tire out the 95-96 Bulls. That's fair, but my argument always is, and these are my two points that I always want to get across. Okay, 95-96 Bulls versus 15-16 Warriors. You put 95-96 Bulls in 2015 against them into 2016, yeah, different style of the game, the shooting, the fast pace, the Warriors win. But you take that Warriors team, Put them into 95-96 with that physicality, that type of play. That team, I don't care how fast you're trying to run. They're going to be, by the time the fourth quarter rolls around, they're not going to be able to get shots up because they're so beaten down. So it's, it's two different errors. You really can't compare is my, all, my argument that I always go back to. And then finally, the nail in the coffin is they didn't win the championship. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I mean, it's a great team. It's great. But if you didn't even get it in that year – why should you even have a say? Why should you even have a seat at the table? I mean, you should have a seat at the table, I guess, for one of the greatest teams ever. They lost nine games in the regular season. But why should you have a seat at the table with one of the greatest championship teams ever? I, That's my opinion. Okay, before we move on, before we put this to rest, <clears throat> I think that the 92-93 Bulls were better than the 95-96 Bulls. That's fair. I mean, there's, there's those Bulls teams. Were great. I, I think I think with Hor, I think they were better with Horace than they were with Rodman. That's big for you to say. You're a Rodman guy. I, I do. Lo- love- I know. I love Rodman. I do love Horace though. I love yeah. Horace Grant. Um, okay, so we put that one to bed, right? Yeah. Okay. Let's never. Let's never have the discussion before uh, let's never have this discussion again 
the 95-96 Bulls versus the 50s. You, you gotta have a good Thanksgiving conversation with your brother, Jay. Thanksgiving? <laughs> Dude, that's <laughs> like... Or whenever, I don't know. All right. Um, I think of holidays, the good right, drunk go. holiday um, conversations. Um, record, uh, recurring listener that chimes in, uh, our good friend Jr. Uh, junior, juniors, juniors. Um, he has a question here that I really like. Dream guest that's still living. So, who would your dream guest be that's still living? And if you could only ask them two questions, what would they be? Wow. So. Do you want me to go first? I feel... You go first. That we might, like... I think we probably have a very similar same dream guest. So I, I think you want me to take that one, and you, I feel that you have a few other good sports ones in the back pocket. Is that, is that cool? Okay. I'll uh, take our... I, I have mine, but I okay. want to hear yours. I'll take... I'm going to take our boy, and he really is the only reason I ever wanted to play football growing up and that's my favorite player of all time number 54 he's a million times better than brian erlacher he was the best <laughs> linebacker uh that's zach thomas okay to me, i knew that was coming yeah, yeah that's why i said I, I figured that would probably that might be one of yours up there mm-hmm. too but i figured i'd take that for the both of us um questions now that's interesting i i think i have three that I would probably want to ask him, but the first one is for those of you who didn't know this, and I'm assuming a lot of the listeners don't know much about Zach Thomas, but he was a wild man on the field and off the field. So first off, just Google Zach Thomas on YouTube and watch some of his highlights. He was a madman. He was a Tasmanian devil, five foot 11 on a good day middle linebacker, true 4-3 middle linebacker. Um, but he was also wild off the field. And I heard this story, and I, I guess I would want to ask him it again, but there's a story that him, his good friend Larry Izzo, who was another linebacker who I also love because he was just a grinder. He made it through about 12 to 14 years just on special teams. Right. Uh, lost a little respect for him when he went to the Patriots, but that's okay. Um, him, Larry, Zach Thomas, Larry Izzo, and Trace Armstrong were on the Dolphins in the early 2000s. And they were at a dive bar before a Sunday game on a Thursday or a Friday. And Zach Thomas got bet $100. And this bar was in Fort Lauderdale. $100 to uh, swim out to the buoy in the ocean when like the red high tide flag was up and no one was on the beach. And Zach Thomas being the competitor he was, was like, I want to do it, but a hundred dollars is like, he was, he's the way he phrased it in the article. He was on a second contract, so he didn't need a hundred dollars. So the pot kept getting bigger, drinks kept flowing and he went and tried to swim out there. Long story short, because this would be my question for him to explain the story, but long story short, he couldn't make it back and a random Navy SEAL that just so happened to be at the bar had to swim out and save him. So I would love to hear from his perspective about that story, about how an NFL player almost drowned and a Navy SEAL has to come and save him (laughs) while you're drunk. And then my second question would be, he was there during the Saban era, and I would ask him about Nick Saban as a coach, and there's also 
during that time, there's a lot of articles and stuff that came out about Saban, for lack of a better term, being an asshole to the other coaches, the right. assistants and the coordinators and things like that. And there's a story in that same vein where it comes out that Thomas was getting a, a play uh, communicated to him in through the headset and the helmet, and he couldn't hear, and another coach was talking to him. And he said, one sec, like, one sec, I'm just getting the play, and he, like, was trying, like, ignored the other coach. And then Saban came out and got into his face and screamed at him, and Thomas screamed back at him, I'm a grown fucking man. <laughs> so I would want to hear a little bit about that and his experience with with Saban and how those two years went, which for all purposes did not go well for most people, I right. would assume. <laughs> okay. So that would be my dream guess. And there would be a lot of other questions I want to ask, but those two are my favorites that I could think of. Um, okay. I would want to interview Chase Utley. Okay. And I would want to ask him, one, I want every detailed account from the Pat from Pat Burrell's um, World Series party because I heard that this party is stuff of legends <laughs> and that it, it happened like right after the World Series and that it was absolutely insane. So I would want a detailed description of this party. Like I want it to be read to me or told to me as if I was there. You know, um, you know, really quick before you go in there. That should be like um, a kid's nighttime story, like lullaby for all yeah. Philly parents. You oh, imagine yeah. like Philly parents, Pat Burrow and Chase Utley went out and got <laughs> after they won the World Series. It was like them and like Lidge and Howard and J Roll. Like it was, uh, it was apparently it was absolutely epic, and I, it's one of those places where I wish I could be. I could have been a fly on the wall. Um, the other thing I would want to ask him, and I know this is kind of cliche, but um, personally, besides um, the day they won the World Series, what are some of his favorite moments um, playing baseball? So, because I, I, I can assume winning the World Series is number one on that list. So besides that, what are some moments? So maybe it was, even though it was a dark, um, even though they lost the World Series, his uh, World Series performance against the Yankees, which was incredible. Um, his grand slam, his, his first grand slam uh, in the majors or something like that. I don't know, but I would kind of want to ask him that. Um but that beat out another question that I would have. I know. Wait, can I guess the third question? What? Because I was gonna, I was gonna say, I'm, before you say, My... I was going to say, I'm surprised you didn't ask this question. Oh, well, hang on, because all right, you say yours because I feel like we're gonna say the same thing. But I'm surprised you wouldn't ask him about his appearance on It's Always Sunny and oh, Ch- Chase and Mac having a catch. Wow. That would that would be a great question to ask him how it was. Really, that to, wasn't going to be yours. No, it wasn't. But oh that would be a cool. One. How was it to? Um, yeah, interact with all those guys. Interact with them yeah. and become friends with Mac and Caitlin. Yep. So Mac and D, um, because of that, they became friends afterwards, and they were in LA 
Um, when the Phillies were playing the Dodgers in 2010, uh, Caitlin Olsen, who plays D, was pregnant. And her the, 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 the myth, the story goes, or what they say is, yeah, um, D's water broke during the game. And we after after Matt Stairs hit the home run, we felt like it was a it was the the lead was safe and it was okay to leave to go have the baby. <laughs> I love it. You know? <laughs> so but no, I would have the third question, if I had a third, I said my two, but if I had a third, I would ask I would ask him to tell me his real feelings about the New York Mets and about New York in general. Because Mets fans hate Chase Utley. Hate him as a Philly. They hated him as a Dodger after he took out Tejada. So I would like to let uh, Chase Utley clear the air about his true feelings for New York City. Interesting. Okay. Um, all right, let's go down the list here. Um, from Rixie. Madden curse. Will Lamar finish the 2020 season? Interesting. So, so first, I think we need to answer this if we believe in the Madden curse. And I'm going to say just by history, it's, it's got to be something. It's got to <laughs> be something. But guys have, guys have beaten it. So I'll, I'll say this. What scares me is if Lamar doesn't learn how to slide this year, <laughs> then I can yeah. say it. Probably Israel. Yeah. So I'm gonna to answer it in, in two sentences. I'm gonna say yes with an asterisk that it is real. And with Lamar being on it this year, it scares me a little more than a true traditional old school pocket passer. But if Lamar learns how to slide, that's fine because running is a huge part of his game. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna take that away from him. But um, it's gonna be interesting. Lamar no curse for Lamar Jackson. I firmly believe Lamar Jackson does not uh, get caught up in the Madden curse. But there's the thing. So there then are... I'm going to say that, yeah, he is going to get hurt then if you're just okay. not going to say it. There are guys that beat the Madden curse. Eddie George beat it in 2000, which was my That was 20 Madden. years ago, man. Hang on. I'm bringing up more. Ray Lewis had an all-pro. He doesn't count. He was on it in 05, although I think they were bounced early that year. He doesn't count because he's a bad person. Um, Larry Fitzgerald and Troy Polamalu were on the same cover. Larry Fitzgerald did pretty well. Troy Polamalu, though, did get injured. Uh, Drew Brees had a really good year. Um, but here's the thing. If you want to count Drew Brees for the Madden curse, they, he had a really great year, but they were upset by the 7-9 Seahawks that game. Was that the wild card game? That was the beast mode game. Yep, I remember that. Uh, Calvin Johnson had a great year, his year on it. So, yeah, some guys beat it. And I think Lamar Jackson is the next guy to break the Madden curse. But here's the thing. There's definitely some sort of curse, not even if you get hurt. Mm -hmm. It's just the fact that there's heightened standards for you now that you're on the cover. I get it. So you might not live up to them, and that could could be seen in the back of your mind. All right. Um, This next one from Dr. Dylan Lousk, M.D., he asks, best Tony Hawk pro skater game. And I don't know. Did you play the Tony Hawk games? Kyle? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I played so them. So which, um, which one is the best to you? For me, the one that I played the most and that I loved the most, I guess you could say, and was my favorite, was Underground. Tony Hawk Underground. So, and okay. then And then I also think, and I can't remember, it was either – 
like it was either two or three. One of them was a little bit better, and I want to say it was three because it did it go and you you know more about it. So did yeah. it go one through four, then underground? Yeah, it went one through four, then underground. So I then, honestly so then it was I've never played Tony Hawk four. It was three, yes, because so it was three and underground because I remember. Okay. I didn't like, I liked one and two. Two was really good. Two was way better than one. But then I played three and I was like, I love this. This is a great game. Four, I played a little bit, didn't like it. And then when Underground came out, I was like, this is better than all of them. Yeah. Um, so Underground would be my favorite. Okay. Tots, I'm going to agree with you. So here's, here's my layout for it. Underground is my favorite just because the story mode was incredible. Story, that's what it was. The that was story like the mode first was time great. that story mode became like a real thing in my yeah. opinion. Because before it's just you you finish the, the goals and stuff, the challenges, but the, the underground with the actual story mode was excellent. And it, it makes your own guy you make your own guy and you go through, you know, becoming a pro. Um, they tried to heighten up the antics with Underground 2, which was fun, but underground one to me was the underground one is the best game but i will say this i probably played tony hawk pro skater three the most Mm -hmm. i played tony hawk three the most but underground to me was the best also one and two i mean two, two was great enhanced everything but there's just something about pro skater one that just hits you right in the heart when you go down that ramp to goldfinger's superman and you jump <laughs> and you go through the little uh, the little room up there and, and go across the half pipe. Man, it just it just makes you feel like a kid again. It's awesome. I do. Yeah. I, I think so they're both I, I mean, underground though. Yeah, I think underground's definitely underground's underground best one's the best one. Also, anyone that plays uh, video games, if they still have a PS2 sitting around like I do, uh, check out Project Eight. It's a really a hidden gem for those Tony Hawk games. <laughs> I'm just um, I like literally, literally, man. You're gonna plug. I dude, you know, what? I'm just in a. I'm in a plugging <laughs> mood, man. I'm gonna plug more stuff later on. You wait. Um, so how about this? All right, last question, and this comes from uh, at Nate Kreitzer, who was referenced in our Coach Chandler. In Nate Kreitzer, group. shout out Trojan alum, yeah. my alum from college, Misericordia. Yep. Love it. Just fantastic guard in high school and carried on to um, to college. I'm Mr. Cordy with Coach Chandler, who we had on the show. Uh, but he asks, bigger upset, Miracle on Ice or UMBC over Virginia? Oh, okay. I like that. Um, wow. This is a hmm. great question. Jake, explain. So explain Miracle on Ice. So every, I think everyone knows UMBC over Virginia, but explain okay. the dynamics of Miracle okay. on Ice so, for listeners. All right, so Miracle on Ice. So uh, 1980 in Lake Placid, New York, uh, the highly favored Soviet Union team that listen this all these people, all these players did for the Soviet Union was basically train hockey, train as hockey players for their country. Um, the United States was not allowed to use professional players or the Olympics was didn't allow professional players. So technically, even though all these Soviet Union guys were in their late 20s, early 30s, um, and that's all they did, they technically weren't professionals. So the United States and other countries, they would just have college kids. 
mm-hmm. amateurs. So the United States took a lot of guys from Boston, uh, took guys from Minnesota and all across uh, the country to create this team under Herb Brooks. And they're all 20, 21, 22 years old. And the first time they played the Soviet Union, it was in an exhibition game, and they got beat down. They got beat down pretty bad. Um, also, the so just to show you, the Soviet Union beat the NHL All Stars. So think about that. Yeah. So the Soviet Union beat professional a professional league's best, and then in the um, semifinal game, the Soviet Union played the United States and the United States ended up beating the Soviet Union uh, hands enhanced the miracle on ice. So what happened in the next game in this United States win? Yeah. So the United States next played Finland and won. Yeah. The people forget that that wasn't even the gold medal game that the United States had to then go play Finland. And if they beat Finland, then they'd have the gold. And actually, if they would have lost to Finland, I believe with the points, um, the so I again correct anyone that's listening. Correct me if I'm wrong on Twitter. I'm opening I'm opening that up. But I believe if the so if the United States would have lost to Finland, then the Soviets would have jumped the United States and would have grabbed the gold. This because one's of a- how those point because of how the points worked. This one's a real. This is a tough one. Yeah. Um. Uh, honestly, I don't think it's that tough. I think you're gonna say Miracle on Ice. Miracle on Ice is the bigger upset, well, without question. And um, here's where I'm gonna disagree with you. Okay. So and I, I knew that you were when this question when you said this question, I was pretty sure you were gonna go this way, and I I wanted to go this way. But hearing everything and just thinking about it as you talk through it, I, I think I'm going to go UMBC over Virginia. And you might think I'm crazy. Well, tell me why, and I'll tell you if you're crazy. Well, I, I'm getting there. Relax. Um, so I, I think as big of an upset as that was for the United States, and th- this, is, this pains me to say, but I think it's glorified and heightened by what it was. It was Olympic. It was the United States. Middle of the Cold versus War. Middle, yeah, exactly. There was a lot going on. So the fact that it pretty much brought a whole country together and won it for the United States takes it to a new level. Not to take away anything from what those kids did mm-hmm. and what they won. Yeah. But I think it could happen – Again, to the point where I, I feel like someone could pull that big of an upset again in hockey, in the Olympics, etc. The reason why I'm gonna I, I'm gonna say UMBC is just because it's never been done before. They're the they're, they're the only 16 seed to ever beat a one seed. Right. So to say that this has never happened before in the history of the tournament, and it finally does happen, that should be the biggest upset. Mm-hmm. In anything, in my okay. opinion. No, I get it. No, it, I get you. And I just hate that it was Virginia that they beat because I, I just knew if a team was going to lose, mm. it was going to be Virginia. Here, I used to – wait, real quick. I used to always bet the uh, a four-team parlay at the beginning of the March Madness tournaments with all the one seeds. So I would put, like, 
five hundred bucks down to win like seventy five dollars because he used to be like a mortal <laughs> lock. Did I bet that year? Ask me if I bet that year, Jake. Did you bet that year? Of course I bet that year, and I lost. I lost, man. <laughs> oh man. Um. Okay. So this is my take on this. It was bound to happen. A sixteen team was bound to beat a number one seed. Mm. Now, hang on. And Virginia is the perfect team. Well, they yeah they to were. do it against because of how they play, how they slow the how they slow the game down. They were the perfect team. It was like the perfect storm, and I believe that Virginia. Virginia is one of those cases where they will always be in every game. They will never, they will never get blown out of a game. They won't. They're mm-hmm. always going to be in it. All right. Defense, man. Yep. They're always going to be in it. But when you play like that, you set yourself up to get upset because it's almost like you're playing not to lose rather than play to win. And again, like I said before, with talking about the miracle on ice, the Soviet Union beat professional all-stars. They beat professional all-stars. Let me ask you this. Let me ask They beat professional all-stars. Cox. Okay. I was going to ask you a question there, but maybe. But but what's... What was the height and like how like because I'm not the hockey guy I can't you okay. can't ask me anything about hockey past 2000 I'm, I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna know it I know Wayne Gretzky that's it okay. um, what was the, like how big of a skill level in the states and in the NHL was hockey like was that was that big like was that like playing the All Stars of today and a bunch of 20 year olds in Russia beating the All Stars in the NHL today I, I mean I mean. Is, I would say, yeah, because even so, whatever the gap was between the college kids, the the national team, and the all stars, it's pretty much it's going to be the same. Even if hockey's better now, the 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 talent difference is still going to be the same. Okay. Okay. Uh, I mean, I I agree. It's when you talk about upsets and you talk about bigger, the biggest upsets. In sports, that's always at the top of the list. And for them to then go on and beat Finland, too, um, that, that's huge. Yeah. It's, it's tough. I, I don't know. It, I mean, I'm not going to argue. I mean, I'll argue just to argue and give my take on that. Although, I, I do want to say one thing, though. Um, I know I did say that Virginia, that type of style of play, always keeps them in games. Even though the game they did lose, they got like they got ran out of the building. They got and destroyed. You, UMBC yeah. was not missing. No, yeah, UMBC in the second half just took them to the woodshed. Um, but I, I'm I'm saying the miracle on ice is the bigger upset. Yeah, you could debate this one for a while. I think great outside, question, outside, yeah, great question. Chrysler. Outside of probably me because I just want I love to debate things yeah. and be on the other side of what the majority is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you ask ninety nine percent of people, they're going to say Miracle on Ice. That's the when you when you say biggest upset in sports yeah. history, that's pretty much what everyone will say Miracle on Ice. Right, but I, you can't discredit 
what UMBC did because no one's ever done it before. And like you said, it was bound to happen. I, I don't like that. I don't like that cliche, and I don't like that because if it's bound to happen, then it should have happened earlier. It should have happened before. It should happen again. Is it going to happen again? Maybe, but I, I don't know. It's interesting, but I don't, know, I don't want people to think I'm less of American because I didn't pick the USA team. I don't think so. Um, okay. <laughs> So before we get to our list segment, Cox, we have breaking news right now. Breaking news? Are you ready for this? I'm ready. <laughs> I don't know what it is, so tell oh, what's man. going on. I can't wait to hear you. Oh, this is going to be so good. So um, via Adam Schefter. Hang on a second. I'm trying to find the actual tweet here. Oh, you son of a bitch. Oh, Hang my on. God. Former uh, NFL MVP Cam Newton has reached agreement on a one-year instead of laden deal with the New England Patriots. League sources tell uh, – who is that? Uh, Chris Mortison and me from Adam Schefter. Newton now will step into the mix to try to help replace former Patriot quarterback Tom Brady. I'm sorry, but – I would like an apology, Cots. I'm not giving you shit because you did say this like nine weeks ago. So I'll give you credit for that. Wow. <laughs> this, I'm not happy about this, man. This isn't good for us as fans. Well, this is not. Well, first, this is not a Dolphins podcast. But no, this is not good for us. <laughs> um, I, I'm, so a couple things real quick. I'm, one, I'm happy for Cam. Yeah, I, I'm happy he got a job there, and I, I think this is a job where mm-hmm. I mean, we said it we said it weeks ago. You kept saying that he was going to go to the Patriots. Mm-hmm. I didn't think so, just because of the style of play and what Belichick does, what that offense does. Yeah, but this if he wants to be a starter, I mean, just, all you got to do is beat us, Jared Stidham, boy, and you're you're good. And Jared Stidham is like one for three with an interception in his career. So I'm telling you, <laughs> it, it's going to work. I firmly believe this is going to work for Cam Newton. I, I don't know. He's not going to have the same success as Brady, but they're going to be in contention. But it, it can. If, if, if Cam and Belichick and all build an offense around, okay, we're not what we used to be. And they don't have the receivers that they, that they used to have, but they do have the running backs now. So yeah. if you want to run the ball 30, 35 times a game, Cam's sitting back in the pocket running some play action, sit, sitting in the pocket throwing – 20 to 22 times a game that I like. And if, if he can turn into, and I hate this term and this cliche, but if he turns into a game manager and just doesn't lose the game for them, this, this, this could work. I mean, he scares me more and you got a game plan around cam a lot more than the four passes that sit him through in his career. Yep. <laughs> no. Yep. Oh boy. Oh man. All right. Well, let's get into our list segment this week. Let's do it. This week's list is brought to you by a very important public service announcement. July 4th weekend is approaching. We at Ill Eagle Fireworks want you all to enjoy our Independence Day with some good food off the grill and an ice cold adult beverage. But as you're indulging, there will be a time where the fireworks start coming out. So be safe. When you like this stick, get it out quick. 
don't pull a Jason Pierre-Paul. Don't pull a Jason Pierre-Paul. It's a public service announcement brought to you by Ill Eagle Fireworks. Ooh, stay safe out there, guys. But let's get into this week's list segment, Jake. What do we got for the folks? All right, so this week's list, we have fictional athletes. So these are athletes, TV shows, movies, books even. If you want to go there, I highly doubt any of us are going to have a fake, a fictional athlete from a book. But You're saying I don't know how to read? Because I know how to read. I'm I'm not doubting that whatsoever. Um, This was... (laughs) This one right here I feel like has been talked about a lot um, on the internet, but I mean, we have to do it. We have to give our take on this. Yeah, I agree. There's there's a lot out there, and there was a lot. And it was tough to narrow it down to five, mm-hmm. but it might be even tougher to get it down to three, unless we have some of the similar uh, characters on our list. But we'll see. Um, you want me to start, or you want to start? Um, you, you can start off. All right. I'm not going to take long explaining these guys, because these guys, everyone will know who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but number five for me, um, being a big golf guy, Shooter McGavin. Get the hell out of here. What? What? I, I have McGavin on mine. As five? No. Uh, he's like four. Oh, we're close. Well, uh, you, you freaked out so much like that. Like, I thought, <laughs> I, like I, it's, you swear I gave like a really bad take. <laughs> all right. So, all right. Wh- why? Tell me why Shooter. He's the ultimate villain. In a sport where there's not a lot of villains, and in this like premise here of the golf world, I love it because he's the old school. Think of it as the traditional golf player, and this guy called Happy Gilmore comes along and tries to bring you know golf back to a new era. But now Shooter's just and his antics, man. You can't can't deny his antics in the movie. He's just an hilarious character. This is Shooter's tour. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what a guy! What a All guy! Right. I'll talk a little bit about why I put shoot on my list later on. Um, I have my number five. This this is more of a um, underrated tandem, but I have the Hanson brothers from the movie Slapshot. Now I'm now I'm pissed because that's a good. I don't have them on my list, but that's a good one. I so like um, these were the original hockey goons. I, I know um, yeah. who is it? Uh, William Patrick Scott. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, William Patrick Stott had the movie Goon. Uh, but these guys were the original Goon, 70s movie, um, the Charlestown Chiefs, which is actually based on the PA Johnstown Chiefs um, for all of our Pennsylvania listeners. But the Hansons, if you're not familiar with the movie Slapshot, the Hansons were all members of the Johnstown Chiefs, even though two of the brothers named um, in real life were actually had the last name of uh, Carlson. And then David, who played Jack, his name was actually Hanson. So all three of these guys were actual hockey players from the Johnstown Chiefs at one point. Nice. So, and the movie, they have a great movie introduction as they're introduced to the coach slash player, uh, Paul Newman's character. He's in the hotel with them and they have their suitcases. They open up their suitcases and they have like toy cars and fire trucks and they're like banging them together <laughs> and they're just complete man children. Yeah. They love the star fights. Uh, their fight before one of the bigger games is a classic sports scene. 
just an all-out brawl um, before the game even starts. Um, so, yeah, these three, definitely uh, some of my favorite that maybe some people may never even heard of. So check out Slapshot if you've never seen it. Oh, man. Good movie. I actually – I didn't have them on my list, but I, I had another set as my honorable mention mm-hmm. of not them, but a uh, little hockey duo as an honorable mention, which we'll get into okay. a little bit later. All right. All right so we, so wait, we know your number four, so just say your number four and okay. give us right. So Cod said Shooter McGavin. Shooter McGavin is my number four. I think a lot of people thought if I, if I was going to go with someone – from an Adam Sandler movie, I would have picked Happy Gilmore or Bobby Boucher or even Paul Wrecking Crew in, in Sandler's version of The Longest Yard. But I'm going McGavin. Like Cot said, one of the best sports movie villains, especially in golf where there's not a lot of uh, big movie villains. I mean, maybe the rich guy from uh, Caddyshack. But other than that, you know, there's not a lot of villains in golf. Um, whether it was him pulling off the ninth green at nine trick or buying poor Mrs. Gilmore's house at an auction. I mean, Shooter was just the best. He, he was awesome. It's, it's a guy you'll love to hate. Also, uh, the uh, Twitter, Shooter McGavin Twitter account, <laughs> fantastic follow uh, if you haven't fo- followed him already. And make sure when you follow him, message him and say Duke Sports sent you. Well, nice little plug there, Jake. Um, but, man, I, I was going to – I was – about to interrupt you there because you did say my number four so this is getting off to an interesting start there but number four for me is bobby boucher bobby boucher the water boy man Mm -hmm. and it's i mean when i was thinking about these lists i'm thinking about like characters as a whole you know and this guy had some of the best one-liners in the movie (laughs) and just lines all together I mean, I don't know. I know it's a family show, so I'm not going to say the line about what he says about Vicky in the shower and her, you know. But I mean, <laughs> but I mean, like these lines are classic lines and just hilarious lines. And essentially, too, when uh, Coach Klein is talking about Gatorade and how it quenches your thirst, and he's like, "Well, you're drinking the wrong, the wrong Gatorade or the wrong water," and he goes H2O. And I mean, like, come on! Like some of these lines were hilarious, and this guy was just. The tr- he's what a linebacker should be, man. You know yeah. it, Jake. You know it all too well. <laughs> I know. His uh, Sandler's facial expressions, like, like if you just watch him and his face, face, facial expressions, hilarious. Like exactly, like even that, even the 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 smallest thing in the Water Boy, even all these years will still make you laugh. Like even him saying, like Captain Sano shows no mercy, like in that <laughs> in that voice of his, it's. It's a great movie. It's hilarious. Oh, um, so that's my number four. Okay. You want me to do my three then so we keep going in the same yeah. order? Yeah. All right. So this one I think you're going to have issues with. Okay. And it's from a TV show. Probably a show that you didn't watch. Okay. But I don't know why because it's a great show. Okay. I'm going with Tim Riggins yeah. from Friday Night Lights. I figured my when you said three. TV show, I figured you were going there. I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I- I've... I didn't really follow Friday Night Lights like everyone else, but I do know that Tim Riggins is a great uh, is a great character. Listen, he did one thing wrong throughout his time as a character portrayed, and that was very early on, mm-hmm. where his best friend, the quarterback Jason Street, gets paralyzed by an uh, unforeseen hit, and then Riggins goes ahead and steals his girlfriend. But you know, I mean, who you got number three? My number three. 
Shane Falco. Ooh, you son of a bitch. Oh, it's my number Is he two. on yours? It's my next one, yeah. Jesus. God damn it. <laughs> so here, why, hang on. Is, before we even go, before we even this go. This is why we need the intern to do more work and coordinate. But you know with, what? Like, anyone who's listening, though, like, think of it like this. You know Kotz and I don't actually talk about our picks and, like, our reactions yeah. are genuine. There's no pre-production. We always end up having at least one guy on each other's <laughs> God. But, yeah, Shane Falco, ah. Footsteps Falco. Uh, went from blowing the sugar bowl to cleaning barnacles off yachts and then being a folk legend with the Washington Sentinels. When he led them to the playoffs right before the strike ended, he gets the girl and gives one of the best movie lines ever. Pain heals, chicks dig scars, and glory lasts forever. Um, honestly, Cots, this, I see myself as a well, you, well, you think I'm not Keanu, a quarterback. You, you think you're Keanu Reeves, so that's that's why. I but, never said I think I'm Keanu Reeves, but I just say I see myself. If there's going to be an like, actor I played to you. Shane Falco a lot, except that he went to a Division One school. He was a quarterback, uh, played in the NFL, and also has a cheerleader girlfriend. But other than that, I Pretty I close relate similarities. to him. <laughs> I relate to him. But no, you. If there was if there was a movie based about your life, you would want Keanu Reeves to play. Don't lie. Uh, probably. Yeah, I know you. <laughs> that yeah. Or I've been told I look like the guy from John Tucker Must Die. So whoever that guy is, I guess he could play me. I mean, that guy's way more ripped in that movie. So maybe yeah, a few. Like... But no, I'll, I'll definitely take Keanu Reeves playing me at one hundred percent. Everything everything you said about him yeah. for my number two is what I was going to hit on. But for me, the ultimate reason why he's number two is because he had the ultimate power move. He lived on a freaking boat. He did live on a boat. He lived on a boat. And that's the boat bad. wasn't nice though. That doesn't matter. You you have a boat. Like it doesn't matter if you actually live on the boat, right? In this case he did live on the boat. Mm. But if you have a boat and you take a lady back there, no matter what, she thinks, oh, this guy's got a boat. He also must have a house too. But little do they know. He <laughs> does not that's where you actually live. How did he get mail? <laughs> Do you get mail? I'm sure there's like PO boxes or something Ask at the me. harbor or something. Yeah, wow, right. that that took a, that was that was a deep like that was like an adult question there. I don't know how we pulled that <laughs> up so so quick. Like PO boxes, what? Oh yeah. Okay, so that's what I mean. That's why I had number two. So you want me? I'm worried about who our number ones are going to be. Okay, well here's my number two, and honestly, he's probably your number one. He might be your number one. But my number two is Ricky Wild Thing Vaughn. Yep, that's my number one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the Wild Thing from the California Penal League. Uh, one of the best moments in sports movies is when Ricky Vaughn comes out of the bullpen in Jacobs Field. Everyone's chanting uh, and singing along to X's version of Wild Thing. The glasses, the 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 haircut. It, it's it's an Awesome, awesome moment. It's great. Uh, but yeah, R- Ricky, Ricky Wild Thing Vaughn, he's my number two. I mean, there's, yeah, he's my number one. I'm a little biased. I knew but yeah, you, I was just you had say, him on there. The yeah. Major League Series is my favorite, uh, like sports series, movies of all time. So being well, an Indian, yeah, and being an Indians guy too. I mean, I, I love. This guy, there's 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 some good characters all around in that, in those movies, but definitely Wild Thing is 
is number one for me. So I think this is going to be easier than I than we okay. thought until you get. Let's see who's your number one. Well, hang on. Before I go with my number one, I have a couple honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. And by a couple, I mean I have like a ton. <laughs> so let's hear them because I, so I, have... I just wanted to make sure some of these guys got shout outs because I feel like some of them don't get the respect they deserve because their movies aren't that popular. So like, I mean, I have the 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 usual suspects here with uh, Julius Campbell and Gary Bertier from Remember the Titans. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mentioned Bobby uh, Bobby Boucher and uh, Happy Gilmore. Um, Willie Beeman from Any Given Sunday. Yeah. Um, Paul Crew, the Burt Reynolds version um, of The Longest Yard. Oh, by the way, since we're on the topic here, not to get too far off uh, track, but so there's the original uh, Longest Yard and then there's the Adam the Sandler. Sandler remake. So yeah. here's the thing. The game in the Burt Reynolds version is – a hundred percent better. The game in the old version is way better, but the rest of the movie is more entertaining in um the Sandler version. Mm-hmm. Like when they're in prison in the in the Burt Reynolds, it's kind of it's a little boring. But like the Sandler one's a little zany, so it keeps you. But the the game itself, though, in the law in the original Longest Yard, it, it can't be matched. Um, that's my little plug for the original Longest Yard. Um, Let's see here. Who else? Oh, um, Varsity Blues. A, a pick a guy. Yeah, uh, really. Uh, Lance Harbor, Mox, Billy Bob, um, Tweeter. Uh, all great characters. Cos, you remind me of Tweeter a little bit. I get that a lot. I you do get that a lot. I get yeah. that a lot. <laughs> um, here's a movie that doesn't get enough credit. Um, the Program. Oh, two, wow. Two guys, Alvin Mack and Lattimore. Uh, two defensive ends that are just oh sorry uh, Max a uh, linebacker Lattimore I think is a defensive end uh, just absolute psychopaths Rod Tidwell from Jerry Maguire I had to throw him in there um, oh this next one I know this will be my last one before I number one um, probably by one of my favorite Bill Murray performances but Big Earn McCracken and Kingpin wow. Have you ever seen King? Have you ever seen Kingpin? Yeah, one time. A long one time. time ago. Well, yeah. So, for those of you who don't know, Kingpin is a movie about um, Woody Harrelson. He's a bowler, and he comes across this guy called Bigger McCracken, who's a professional golfer. And some things take place where they end up hating one another. But it's a great movie. Uh, originally based in Scranton. I don't know if you knew that kind. I did not know that. Right? Yeah. Uh, Roy Munson, the lead character, Woody Harrelson, is based in is from Scranton in the movie. But anyway, yeah, Bill uh, Bill Murray at his best, just his one liners in there. Again, things that when you say them out loud, you don't think they're funny, but just coming from Bill Murray, it's they're, <laughs> they're absolutely hilarious. But yeah, check out. Um, wait, wait, really, uh, really quick on Bill Murray. Is it weird that I, I just don't like outside of movies? I don't find him that funny. Like he is. He he's not. He's really he's not. not. Like if you have a conversation or he's getting interviewed, he's. I'm like, why? Why is this guy so funny in a movie? Oh, but, but, what, but then was, with the golf, he was on golf. Oh yes, yeah, so yeah. with the the woods and uh, Nicholson. Yeah, uh, and he's like, what is he doing? What's he saying? <laughs> um, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> yeah, but do love his movies though. 
But yeah, um, Bigger and McCracken, one of the best or one of the greatest, um, I guess I'll say it, one of the best movie villains because he does play a villain in that movie, but he's great. Check out Kingpin if you haven't. Um, but okay, my number one, Cox, I am very surprised. Wait, really, wait, really quick. Should yeah. I do? I have three that I want to say. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I hope that not one of them is your number one. It probably know. is because you haven't said this person. Well, I have three really quick. So the All first, right, say your honorable mentions. Okay, there's three. There's three people. Well, the group. So the first one is, um, the whole like just like you said with Varsity Blues. Yeah. Just take your pick from the movie The Sandlot. Oh yeah, absolutely. Squints, Benny the Jet. I mean, whoever you want to, Smalls, whoever you want to talk mm-hmm. about there. Good characters there. Um, also, I mentioned it. I alluded to it a little bit earlier, but um. The Bash Brothers from the Mighty Ducks. Oh, yeah. Do- those guys Absolutely. were awesome. Mm-hmm. Love those guys. Um, and then finally, um, from a series. So this is from a series that I also love. Um, and RIP, um, I think Apollo Creed was amazing. Wow. Um, you know, Wait, Carl, we- Carl Weathers is still alive, isn't he? Well, yeah, but I mean, in the oh. actual series. Oh, okay, yeah. Apollo Creed you does Apollo. Play. You yeah. put Apollo. Okay, yeah. so that kind of goes with my number one. My number one's Rocky, man. Yeah, it has was... to be. So, I like I agree with you a lot on Rocky, and I'm okay. He's going to be in the top three, and I didn't have him on there. The reason why I didn't put him on my list is because I had a I had an inkling that I'm surprised with your list, honestly. I thought it was going to be a lot more football movies and a lot more people from any given Sunday and the longest yard and Rocky. So I tried to keep those guys off of my list to have some variance, mm-hmm. but I was totally wrong. Cause we had like three out of the five of us. So, um, I, I do love Rocky and that's the only reason I left him off of my list to be honest. It's because you and knew he'd be on mine. I knew he'd be on your list. And I, I like I said, I thought there was, gonna be i thought it was gonna be four football players and rocky and rocky <laughs> yeah come on i'm a little i'm more well-rounded than you give me credit for man i mean in, in terms of what sports movies it's in, in, in what my interests <laughs> i'm not do you really want me to comment on that no i don't <laughs> okay so so, so I, okay so my number one's know, rocky my number one's know. rocky and, and this is why there are people who believe Rocky was a real person. <laughs> yeah. Not that like he was, because he's kind of loosely based around Rocky Marciano and um, the and another man I, that I can't think off the top of my head that boxed a Muhammad Ali and kind of went the distance with him, and they kind of molded him together to create Rocky. But people think Rocky was a real person, and not only that, think of it like this. He's got a statue. Rocky had a statue <laughs> 25 years before Joe Frazier got one in Philadelphia. <laughs> and Joe Frazier's from Philly. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. Uh, Rocky, he symbolizes grit. He symbolizes blue-collar mentality. He symbolizes Philadelphia probably more than any actual Philadelphia athlete ever. Um, they play the music at the games. They show scenes from the movies at games. I, I mean, if you're at any Philadelphia sporting event and they start playing Rocky, people are going to get really fired up and, and it gets the juices going. Uh, the Rocky franchise outside of Rocky five, that movie didn't exist. 
have transcended yeah. sports, movies, and film in general. And it's honestly cemented in our culture. Rocky, to me, is number one. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I said earlier that the Major League Series is my favorite sports series. It is. And that's just because I'm biased because of the Cleveland Indians. But Rocky's very close off by a percentage, and I love all of the Rocky movies. I mean, I even tolerate Rocky. So, this, this should be easy, then. It should be Rocky 1, it should be Wild Thing 2, and it should be Falco 3. So, my list. So, wait, what were your top three? Again, I had, I had Tim Riggins. You had Riggins at three? Which I think is a very good mm-hmm. pick. So, that's, so, here's the question. Because, Kotz, I'm all about I'm all about inclusion, and I'm all about having your thoughts be heard. But would you put Tim Riggins over Shane Falco? Let me tell you, that's very interesting. To get um, to get one of – because, again, I, I'm a giving person. So to get one of your guys on this list, would well, you, you mean? Put I have Riggins three, at three? I have two guys on my list too. It's two of my guys. We so have two of the keep- same – they're two of the same guys. Well, no, like you're making it seem like you're. I'm tr- like to try to get one person that I had in the top three. I had Falco and Wild Thing too. So it's still two of my people. We both had two of the same people. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> Do you want my list? Well, no. Here's what I want. Here's what I want because that, that's interesting that you bring it up. I think Falco over Riggins, but I'm a little older than many people. Um, so I would love once we put this out. You got to put a separate poll up because Jake's still on his two week probational period. And I've only got about 10 to 15 applications, guys. So, again, we're still looking for that social media intern. So, if anyone's interested, Jake's got another week on his probation left. So, now's your time. But anyway, I would love to see a poll with just Falco and Riggins because I bet you Riggins wins. Oh, because crazy. here's why. Because here's why. Every. Everybody that's a dude is going to vote for Falco, but every chick is going to vote for Riggins, man. Oh, I any girl who watches Friday Night Lights, that's all they talk about is Tim Riggins. He's a great love guy. He went, he went to jail for his brother. I mean, come on. How do you not love that guy? The loyalty. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, before I say the list, I thought of another um, honorable mention. Let's hear it. Um, the Brothers and Warrior. Oh, man. Yes. Great movie. Fantastic movie. Um, but you know what's funny? I can't... Tommy? It's Tommy and... It's Tommy and something else, yeah. I can't think of... And maybe that means they weren't great characters because I can't remember the other one's name. Um, well, I mean, they were great characters, but it wasn't as yeah. big as... Uh, Even the as father, Nick Nolte, too, in that movie. Um, I feel like we're giving the listeners a lot of like movie movies that like they should check out. So that's we should give them yeah. ten movies to watch during oh, we quarantine. That's yeah. Well, it's kind of late, but still. Well, we might be going. Back. We, we might be going. If back anyone soon, out there not lives in, talk about who that. lives in Florida, <laughs> Arizona, or California, thank you for not shutting down. And now we're going to have another quarantine. So we'll give right, you a list. Not, we said we weren't talking about. It. All right. So all right. So. Uh, Rocky one, Ricky two, Falco three. Yep. All right. I love it. Here we go. There's the list. 
our list on best fictional athletes. Number three from the Washington Sentinels, Shane Footsteps Falco. Number two from the California Penal League to Major League Baseball from the Cleveland Indians, Ricky the Wild Thing Vaughn. And number one, the Italian. Italian Rocky Balboa. Rocky, Rocky, Rocky. <laughs> Love it. All right. If if you like if you liked our list, make sure you check it out on our Twitter page. Um, if you think that we left someone off, let us know in the comments. Let us know who we forgot. Let us know uh, with our poll who you think is the greatest fictional athlete all right and now on to on to our closing statements all right cots i'm gonna start this one off all right all righty okay all right guys we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about this so the bubble walls noose, noose incident is something that's been in the news for the past week uh, for those who don't follow NASCAR, Bubba Watson has been using his platform to support Black Lives Matter and ban the Confederate flag at NASCAR events. Before his race at Talladega, a crew member reported that what looked like a noose was hanging on the garage door. Word quickly got out about NASCAR's investigation of this incident, and the entire NASCAR field was behind Bubba, showing that they were supporting him right before the race on Sunday. It was a great touching moment. It was awesome. Um, the FBI, the FBI uh, investigated and ruled it was the pull cord of the garage, and was he was not a victim of a hate incident. This is great news, and I, for one, was totally relieved that it wasn't intentional, and that the rope was hung there last year, so no one could have even known that Bubba was even going to get that. But of course, that didn't stop people from calling. Uh, from calling out Wallace, saying he was an attention seeker, and even comparing him to Jesse Smollett. NASCAR later investigated every track, and only 11 ropes total out of their 29 tracks had a rope hanging from garages. And only one of them closely, even remotely, resembled a noose, and that was the one above his garage. Which, when you look at the picture, the noose, or the, the rope, it looks like a noose. So here is my plea to people. I'm not asking you to like Bubba Wallace. I'm just asking you to give the guy a break. He never saw the rope. He was only told about it. it. And through the reports from him advocating for certain things, any logical person, when they see that, could immediately think someone's trying, trying to go at him. If you still hate Bubba, fine. But hate him for his driving. Not for him trying to bring more diversity and different different views to a sport that has a very specific demographic for the last, oh, I don't know, since they've been inception. I'm glad it was just a misunderstanding. And so was Bubba. And you should be too. But if you're happy just to say, ha, I told you so, and bring a man down for trying to move a dying sport forward, well, maybe you should look in the mirror. And if you're a fan that's understanding of Bubba's side, don't let those idiotic fans fool you because let's face it, 
there's a lot of idiotic fans in a lot of sports. But don't let it distract you. The fact that NASCAR and its drivers handled this very delicate situation extremely well is something that's commendable. And honestly, I applaud them for it. NASCAR is going forward, and I can't wait to see what it brings. Cox, to you. I'm just going to say really quick before I get into mine. It's just absurd what these things turn into. <laughs> How, like, it should, we should be happy and celebrating that, what the FBI found out. And yet, still in this country, that has turned, what it's turned into, it's just more hate gets spewed out for something like it, It's unreal. It's unreal. I don't understand. I don't know where we went wrong. But, I'll, and also, I'll say this. NASCAR's won me over, man. I'm like back into NASCAR. I don't know. I don't know. Why. It's a sh- It's a shame. It's a shame. Poconos on delay. Yeah, but I mean, I still the double header is kind of cool though. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, but let me quickly jump into my closing stand before we wrap things up. I have. It's kind of a two parter in one for everyone out there listening. So over the weekend. The well, baseball's back, so we're we're getting baseball back. Hopefully, everything goes great uh, through spring training, and nothing, no more crazy outbreaks happen. But over the the course of the weekend, the odds came out, and you're probably thinking, "Oh, Kat's going to give you some picks. Who's going to win the World Series?" <laughs> no, come on, I'm better than that. The odds came out for the first Astros pitcher to be hit by a pitch. And I you mean player? Player, yeah, yeah, sorry. Player to be hit by a pitch. And there's some good ones in there. So to start this off with first, I mean, you got Bregman at plus 350, Correa at plus 400, Altuve at 400, and Springer at 400. So it's going to be one of those four. Let's put it out there. It's going to be one of those four. Uh, Brantley's at, like, plus 1,600. Uh, Reddick's at plus 3,000. Like, it's, someone's going to get hit before they get that far in the lineup. Bregman, Correa, Altuve, and Springer are your top four. And I'm putting my money on, and again, again. you have to see how it turns out with how their lineup shakes up. But Springer batted leadoff a lot last year for the Astros. So my first bet for you guys for the baseball season is plus 400 on George Springer to be the first Astros player to be hit by a pitch. Now, second part of my closing statement is, I want to open up my services to all Major League Baseball teams and fan bases out there. Here's the thing. We alluded to this about five minutes ago. I'm about 5'9 on a good day. 180-ish, you know, a lot of bulk. But I throw upwards of 62 miles per hour, but I could damn well beam a 6'3", 210-pound batter. So here's what it is. I'm putting my services out there. I'll take the league minimum. You sign Cots. I'll be your I'll be your man to just peg every Astros player you want me to play peg, so your actual players aren't getting suspended or tossed for the game, and it's just me. I'll be your modern day. Oh wait, we just talked about it. Wild thing, if you would say so. All right, guys, that's all we got for you today. Another episode of Juke Sports. We'll be back again next week with a fresh episode. But until then, adios.